Simply Abundant Intuitive Hour, The Journey of Attachment, a special series that takes a deep dive into the topic of insecure attachment and why you can't let go. Here's Tracy Crossley. Greetings. How y'all doing today? I am doing well. I have been playing with my microphone because there's something going on with this where I'm having an echo, but hopefully my husband who does the editing will be able to get rid of that. So anywho, you may have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. That's okay. We are at episode number 375. Yep. Journey of Attachment. And uh, the working title is, but, but, but they've been cheating, lying, and they're just not nice. Relatable? I'm sure it is. Because, hey, how often do we blame somebody else for why our relationship is painful and our choice, by the way, to stay there? So here's the deal. Instead of uh, starting off with the most obvious question, right? What are you doing with a person who you have such feelings about? Let's start with what matters. It's to understand emotionally why you're there. Why are you in a relationship with somebody where you are characterizing them in this way. Like, you got to ask yourself, why? So something inside of you believes there's a normal part to this drama, and maybe you learned this as a child, because something says it's how relationships are for me, or why else would you be there? Why else would you choose it? This is what you think is normal on some level, even though, let's say, intellectually or consciously, you're saying, no, I know what a healthy relationship looks like. It looks like Mr. and Mrs. Brady from the Brady Bunch or whatever, okay? I'm being a little sarcastic. But truly, we have an ideal, and we're not living up to the ideal, but there's something super normal about characterizing the other person, you know, as the asshole, right? But maybe they're doing things that you're like, but they are an asshole. They cheat. They lie. They do these things. They're not nice to me. But you're choosing to be there. So it's what did you learn as a child about trust when it came to relationships? You know, whether you had a parent who cheated on, perhaps, or maybe they were a cheater, or they lied or lied to, or perhaps you just had a feeling that honest feelings were just not allowed when it came to relationships. On a deeper level, this feeling of subconsciously, which is totally related to some belief, always, always, always related to a belief, by the way, You have what is driving the train. The belief is driving the train. And it has you with somebody where there is no trust, right? Cheating, lying, those things, those aren't places where we trust people. Those aren't actually places where we trust ourselves either. That's all a lack of trust. So we have to trust ourselves to be able to handle the emotional fallout, the disappointment, whatever is going to come from not having a relationship that is not based in trust or happiness or health or anything, okay? That we can handle that, that emotional resiliency. That's what you have to have. That's the only trust you actually have to have. You don't have to trust the other person. The other person's going to go fuck up or do whatever because that's about them. That's about the choices they're making because they don't want to be attached or their fears of emotional intimacy are too scary or, you know, everybody's got a pocket full of shit when it comes to being in a dysfunctional relationship and a pocket full of shit, meaning that's what I'm going to refer to. My little stories that aren't really true, but I'm going to make them true because I'm going to act and react in ways that make them true. And that includes who you choose. You're choosing somebody who is lying and cheating on you or one or the other or anything of that nature, then you got to look at yourself and go, why can't I trust myself 
to handle disappointment. So what do you tell yourself about these issues that feel bad, in which you have a choice to be there and you choose to be there? What do you say? Do you say their behavior will change? Or do you say your choices are going to change? Someday they're going to be better. I know it. I better stick around because I don't want to miss that person when they finally wake up and smell the coffee because I put all this time and energy into them. I've worked my ass off to make this relationship work. So I'm not going to miss out when he or she finally wakes the fuck up. Yeah, okay. Or... I am going to leave them someday. When I'm ready and I can't stand it anymore, I'm out of here. I am just done. Yep, yep. You say something which keeps you from actually dealing with the reality you're living in currently. Current reality. That's what you're avoiding. So whatever story you tell yourself, or maybe you tell your story, this is it. I'm not going to get anything better. This is just the way relationships are, but I really love he or she, and I've just got to put up with this little problem about lying or cheating. And I like to be anxious. It's fun. It's fun to feel those feelings that I can't avoid that are basically all about anxiety. By the way, those are reactive feelings. Those aren't your deeper real feelings. Those are the feelings you have because of the story you tell yourself, because of what you choose to do. So you're putting yourself in that prison of feeling anxious and fucked up over somebody that you have no control over, right? So in a relationship, when you have someone who's an asshole, they are a reflection of you being an asshole to yourself. And the biggest example is in what you allow in this relationship to subject yourself to. You're not taking care of you. Between the two of you, and obviously there is no real communication of authenticity in this relationship on top of it, You are not taking care of you. You're saying, hey, you're an asshole in my mind, and I am putting up with things that make me feel pain and anxious and shitty, and my stomach's always in a knot, and I can't eat for days or whatever it does to me, but that's that's okay. Oh, but you're an asshole to me. That's not okay. See, all that stuff I'm doing to myself is okay for some reason, but what you're doing to me is a problem. Well, no. What that person is doing is reflecting to you how you treat yourself. That's the biggest example. So the drama triangle, of course, as I've talked about in the past, and if I, you know, if you haven't heard of it, just check out on my podcast page on my website. You can do a search of drama triangle, and there's probably more than one podcast that will show up. It's one, though I do specifically speak to the drama triangle, but it's really good to know about it because it's underlying a lot of the crap that we do. So anyways, the drama triangle, though, as I've talked about, is alive and well in this dynamic. It's the dynamic you know, and being a victim in this situation is, of course, what you are clinging to. Yeah, that victim energy, which all of us cringe when we get called out on it, right? You probably are cringing as you're listening, going, fuck, I'm not a victim. I can't be a victim. Well, if you're choosing against yourself, and then you feel like you're powerless to change it, powerless and victim go together. And if I'm making choices against myself and I'm not choosing for myself and valuing myself, I am putting myself in a victimized position and saying, I'm stuck, I can't do anything. Right? Right. So what you want to do is you want to ask yourself, what do I get in being the victim here? And why do I want another person to be the perpetrator? And again, this can go back to childhood. And a lot of us aren't even consciously aware of where we came up with these fucked up patterns. And That's why you don't want to beat yourself up for anything I ever say. Please don't ever do that. That's not the point of this work. This work is about seeing things clearly, like I'm pointing out, 
and then going, oh, what can I do with me to feel better? Well, I got to go feel those feelings I ignore first. Ugh, God, I don't want to do that. But you have to. So because you don't want to, you have a perpetrator. And then you can feel sorry for yourself and have a pity party and tell all your friends and they can go, oh, you're with such an asshole. They cheat, they lie, blah, blah, blah. Or you're going to tell me or whoever that you're totally in love with this person. And like I said earlier, they're the only one who can fill that empty space inside of you. Because when the perpetrator is acting how you want, you're getting some form of validation. You're getting some kind of attention or, you know, whatever the feeling is, it's getting it feels like filled up inside, but it really isn't. It's like a Band-Aid because the minute they leave, the Band-Aid's ripped off. Meaning they leave the room, they leave your presence, they leave your relationship. So I want you to sit with this though and really go, what do I feel? Not think, feel. What do I feel? What is the empty space inside that I'm trying to fill up with this fucked up shit? What is it? Be honest with yourself and don't lie. A lot of us have these lies we tell ourselves that aren't true. I used to do it all the time. I did not want to deal with reality for the longest time in my life, okay? So I know how to, I know what it's like. And I kept going, but they got to change. They got to change. And then, of course, by the way, you gather stories from other people who are like, you know, he or she finally changed. They finally stopped lying. They finally stopped cheating. And lo and behold, they became a great boyfriend or girlfriend to my friend Mildred or my friend Henry or whoever. Well, Great. You don't know all of the, let's say, information around it. You don't know how much Mildred or Henry were settling. You don't know shit. It's just what you're doing to give yourself evidence that it's okay to stay here longer. That's the kind of shit we do. Because when we don't want to change things and we're wanting someone else to change, boy, oh boy, we're going to find a fucking story to believe in. Whatever that story is. So, oh, and the other one is that, oh, man, you know what? I broke up with uh, Fred. I don't know why I always rely on these names, but Fred. You know, I broke up with Fred, and now he's with Ethel, and they're getting married next week. What the hell? Right? So <laughs> that's what you're afraid of. Oh, my God, they're going to go on to the next person, and they're going to get married, and I'm just going to bend training wheels for them. Okay, that is not the truth. The truth is whatever isn't working between you, if you've got somebody who's cheating and lying to you, and you're cheating on yourself by lying to yourself and being in this relationship, okay? So what's healthy and happy there? Why would you want to be married or stay married or anything like that in the long run when this is the foundation of your relationship? So wouldn't you just wish that person good luck with someone else? No, you're going to go, oh, no, they could have been that with me, but they weren't. Well, no, they hadn't grown enough. Or maybe you just didn't have the right chemistry, not you as a person, but the chemistry of the relationship. And I'm not talking sexual chemistry. I'm talking chemistry of getting along, of being on the same page, you know, whatever. Okay, I can go on and on, but I don't want to go off topic. So the kind of crap you sell yourself is the kind of shit I'm talking about. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself. You're choosing this and you may say, well, I'm a good person and I keep attracting people that lie, cheat, and steal. And there's a reason why you're attracting them. What part of you don't you trust? What part of you are you lying to? What is the part that's not really being authentic? What part is working so fucking hard at a relationship that the other person isn't working at? What is that? Get deeper. Get into the feelings. Usually, though, I'm going to say, 
This has to do with what you're afraid of. You might be afraid of having a real relationship with someone where you're really committed. I was. Oh my God, great excuse. I didn't want to have a healthy relationship. That seemed boring. Just like I wanted to diet my whole life because that seems like a hell of a lot of fun, doesn't it? And to stop dieting is really, really hard. You Think about that for a second if you've been someone who diets. I know not everybody has or does, but it's the same kind of philosophy. Why wouldn't I choose easy? Just like what trouble we have in choosing happy. It's hard for people to choose happy. They say it, but to live it? Yeah, okay, different story. So whatever the reason is that you are where you are, you have to look at why you want to endure that much pain as though the pain of being anywhere else on the planet would be so much greater. Like, why is the pain with somebody better than without? It's because of those moments of attention that you get. It's because of what you tell yourself, yes, this is it, I can do this. I can keep putting myself in this position because I'm just going to make this work. I don't want to be alone. A lot of it is I don't want to be alone, right? So you need an example of this. You're with your mate at a party. You have a single friend with you who's very flirtatious. Your mate seems to be pretty happy with this friend. You're freaking out inside because your mate has cheated in the past. And you don't trust your friend either. You're afraid to leave them alone. But standing there with them, you feel left out of the conversation. And you're starting to get really irritated inside and fearful and freaked out completely because you don't trust either of these people. And your whole focus is on them. And your friend is talking about all the people he or she has dated and talking about sex and, you know, getting way outside the lines that you really want your friend talking to your significant other about, right? And making it sound like they're looking for advice. And your, your mate's all about giving the advice, by the way. So you go home with your mate and you feel something's off in your gut and, grow, you know, it grows over the days that follow. And finally, you can't help it and you ask a question, have you been talking to my friend when I'm not around? And your mate looks at you sheepishly and says, well, yes, that has just been me trying to help your friend with their dating life. And you still feel that pit in your stomach, right? You guys are probably getting queasy at the thought of this because it should. It's like I, I've lived in this space before of, oh, God, I don't want to have to deal with this. Don't tell me something I have to deal with because if you tell me it, then I'm going to have to do something different and I don't want to do something different. I want to stay here living in fucking fantasy land. So anyways... You feel this pit in your stomach, and you know you're not getting the whole story, so you're afraid to ask because, again, you're going to have to make a fucking choice that you don't want to make. And so you go, oh, fuck, I've got to ask. So you ask for the honest truth that there's something more, and then, yeah, he admits it. He says they've met up. No sex has happened. They've just talked. And, well, you know, they kissed and so on. And now you feel betrayed, but you stay because you can't let go. And, heck, like your mom or dad, you feel like this person is just to be put up with. They're an asshole, and you're a victim, and you'll have to find a way to live with it until you can actually leave or they change. Right? Yeah. Okay, so that's the example. Pretty fucked up example. Um, it's not far-fetched because I have absolutely talked to people who have been in this position, and guess what? I haven't been completely and totally all the way down through this, but I have stayed when I knew I should have left because I was with somebody who absolutely lied and cheated. And the thing is, it was how I was treating myself. Again, I'm not putting it on him. I'm putting it on my choice to have been there. Okay, so... CTA, call to action. Choosing to break the chains of disrespect and lack of love for yourself is possible. You will have to learn to deal with the feelings you avoid. Yeah, yeah. All right, story. I got a client story. So I give my clients names so it's easier to follow these stories. All right, so my client Carol was in a relationship that ended again. Her boyfriend Mark had a big job and so does she. 
She's a scientist. She works at a top university. They both work in excess of 40 hours a week. And the only time she felt okay was on vacation with Mark. It's where they had each other's attention and she knew his whereabouts. You know, like they were pretty much arm in arm the whole time, right? They're sleeping next to each other. So other than that, Carol always was the one to contact him to see when they would get together. And the thing is, is that Mark would never answer in a timely way. He'd answer when it suited him. So Carol would grow super anxious and want some control, so she would threaten to leave the relationship. And Carol wanted to control him. She absolutely wanted to control him. If you ask her, she would have told you, yes, I wanted to control him because I felt so out of control. And she wanted to control the relationship. She kept trying to get him to live up to her ideal of what she thought he could be. So she was tired of feeling like he was disappointing her, and at the same time, she never dealt with her deeper feelings of disappointment. She'd live in the someday maybe part of their relationship. Even when Mark would criticize her weight, Carol would find reasons to ignore his comments and focus on holding onto him. Carol felt like she did not say half the mean shit he said to her, because I guess he said a bunch of mean crap to her. And um, and they had a bit, oh, I was going to say, by the way, um, he has his ex-wife, and his ex-wife is a business partner of his, okay? So, uh, yeah, he had cheated in his marriage. And so uh, his ex-wife, though, was not a pleasant person. She was not a friend to Carol. She was kind of an asshole. And, you know, whatever. And I'm not, you know, again, I'm not speaking like Carol was an angel or anything like that. It's just the point of her description of these people, just to give you guys a description. So anyways, um, and even though, you know, Mark never cheated on Carol, he had cheated on his wife, like I said, and so Carol never really trusted Mark. So the distrust in Carol's mind, along with the lack of attention she got from Mark, made her constantly angry and on edge, and she was always anxious. And that's what made her go, I got to control this. I, I need to control this because I'm going to lose it. And she didn't see leaving as an option, okay? Because she was all in, even though she was not. So being attached, right, you think you're all in, but you're really not. You're attached. Totally different. Commitment is totally different than attachment as far as insecure attachment goes, by the way. So um, they had a lot of of, uh, blowouts and they had problems getting along anyway, especially over crap like this with her trying to control and him running from it. So they had one big blowout where Mark punched a hole in her living room wall. He left, and Carol hasn't heard a word. She misses him, and yet knew the relationship was a train wreck. And she's been lying to herself, telling herself stories, you know, about how she should take him back. You know, she wants him to show up. She's never going to do anything to provoke him again. You know, all the kind of bullshit that we tell ourselves, okay? That's the problem. It's the bullshit we tell ourselves. Whatever she's telling herself That is all about her and her feelings of inadequacy. So, anyways, what's the happy ending? Well, Carol was pretty wrecked with this breakup, like I said. And not only was she making these promises or trying to make these promises, she also was not functioning, right? She's like on the couch and curled up in a ball, victimized by Mark. And obviously we were having sessions and she knew that Mark was who she blamed, and she had a really hard time seeing her own part, a really hard time. A lot of people do, okay? So I know that it takes time to be able to see it, but taking responsibility is like the best thing you could ever do for yourself because it means you can change things. If someone else is responsible, you can't change jack shit. So 
She wanted to stay the victim and him the asshole, and it was easier to do that rather than to take the responsibility of her own choices. But she did, bit by bit by bit, and I see her coming to a place of feeling better and starting to own her choices, but it's a process because she grew up with parents who weren't truthful about their feelings, and her dad tended to lie. He had a gambling issue, and so he wasn't always forthcoming with what he did with money, but money always was a struggle. And so there's a whole scarcity thing, which of course relates back to Carol's big job. And, you know, all of these things sort of interplay. But the bottom line is her parents would give affection in the form of things they would give to Carol. And then when she wasn't getting things, she thought something was wrong. Anyway, so she's coming to a better place. Mark has contacted her and she was actually surprised at how she reacted to him instead of, oh my God, I'm so sorry, please let's get back together, which was what her first inclination was. She actually felt like, you know what? I don't really want to talk to you right now. I don't really have anything to say to you right now. And that was pretty much where she left it the last time I talked to her. All right, call to action. Choosing to break the chains of disrespect and lack of love of yourself is possible. You will have to learn to deal with the feelings you avoid. Why is this important? Well, unless you really enjoy feeling victimized and blaming someone for how you feel and being trapped without your own personal power, then you're just going to keep attracting more people like this to your life. Maybe you enjoy that. I don't know. I don't personally didn't got out of it because I really wanted to feel empowered and feel good and not feel so heavy and shitty and fucked up when I was in a relationship. But hey, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, I'm so in love with he or she. There's no one else. I know what's going to change. Or, I'm so sick and tired of this, you know, shit from him or her, but I can't leave because it's just the way it is. So, that's a trip. (laughs) Let me try that again. That is a trap, a prison, whatever the hell you want to call it, that... <clears throat> you know the lay of the land, so nothing will ever change. And, and there's a strange security in that feeling, by the way. But it's not secure. It's a familiar, familiarity. I can't talk today. Familiarity. And if you stay, you're going to have this anxiety and pain the rest of your life. But it's familiar, your comfort zone, and that's where you stay. All right, so what are the tips? I got four. One, what do you get for yourself by being in this relationship? I want you to sit with it and feel it. Don't think it. Feel the answer. What do you get for yourself by being in this relationship? What do you get to avoid? Because you're avoiding something. Number two, in this relationship, what do you actually think will change? Why? Three, do you see how you bring your past forward and how you are limited with what you allow yourself to feel and with staying in a painful relationship? Four, what is one thing you can do action-wise to take care of yourself and step away from being a victim? Yes, you can do it. I promise you. Call to action again. Choosing to break the chains of disrespect and lack of love for yourself is possible. You'll have to learn to deal with the feelings you avoid. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's so true. Universal right. You have the right to be a victim and blame the person for being an asshole. Or you can decide you're worth it. And take responsibility so you can move on. Not move on prematurely, by the way, but move on. It's all about getting there. But don't try to be in a hurry to get out of where you are. You've got to know why you're where you, excuse me, why you are where you are. You got to know. Otherwise, 
you're going to be in this cloud of unknowing. I don't have a clue why I feel how I do or why I choose what I do. You want to have a clue, okay? All right, I got two related podcasts, which is the first one is number 264, The Drama Triangle. Psst, you're probably on it. That's cute. I like that. Um, And then the other one, I couldn't find a number four, but if you pop in the search, you can always pop in these searches on Google, by the way, if you you can't find it somewhere else. You just put in Tracy Crossley and then put in Avoiding and Escaping Victimhood. But the, the title of it is Escaping, or excuse me, Avoiding and Escaping Victimhood. All right, so I'm happy you're listening. You got questions, you can send them off to podcast at tracycrossley.com. Yep. And I will answer them on Facebook Live. Obviously, if you have a topic, um, I have taken topics on from people who have sent them in, so absolutely send them to me. I will do what I can. And hey, I've got some digital programs. I've got that 30-day emotional cleanse that will kick your ass and get you straight. And it does. It helps people. I have gotten positive feedback. You will have to dig deep. It's totally on you to do it. There's no coaching involved. But I highly suggest checking it out. It's on my website. And then I made a fun little course. For those of you that want to mess... I can't even talk. Why can't I talk today? I'm getting tongue-tied. Hmm. All right. Anyway. Okay, so the other thing is... I have this really cool little manifesting course, you know, how to manifest your honey bun. That's what it's called. (laughs) I just thought it was cute. And I call my husband my honey bun all the time. So you want to manifest your honey bun? It's a pretty little inexpensive course, and it's uh, meant for 30 days of you writing letters. And basically, it's pretty life-changing as well, even though it's not coaching you're getting different tools, and it's different tools than most people tell you when it comes to the law of attraction. Because frankly, this is how I attracted in my husband, and it worked for me, it can work for you, and all that good stuff. Anyways, you guys, if you have deeper needs and you need some coaching, go ahead and email info at tracycrossley.com, and we'll set you up with a discovery session, and we can figure out what would work for you, if anything at all, because you really got to want to do the change work. You have to. So before you contact me, you want to say, am I ready? And if the answer is yes, then contact. And then we'll see if something will work. All right, you guys. Anyways, I'm going to go. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Questions about today's show? Reach out to Tracy at info at tracycrossley.com. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating for the show so it can be heard by more people. For all things Tracy, check out tracycrossley.com.